Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. Today's guest is Simone Morris. Simone, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Susan, for having me. Well, first of all, folks, you can't see Simone. We do audio only here, but she's delightful and beautiful. And as we are stuck at home with our COVID-19 virtual everything, she has this lovely beach background scene. And I'm sitting here thinking, wouldn't it be nice to be interviewing Simone really on the beach, hearing the waves? <laughs> what do you think, Simone? Oh, that sounds fabulous. Beach, just the word beach sounds fabulous to me as well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, uh, I have a professional services company that's been around since 2015. We do training, coaching, and speaking engagements. The platforms are career expertise and inclusive leadership. Before that, I was in corporate America for a very long time with a strong information technology background, and then a shift over to human resources, specifically diversity and inclusion. That's amazing. So you've got it all. This is, this, <laughs> so I, I, I was talking to someone this morning actually about how HR has changed. Um, it used to be at least perceived that HR kicked into gear after a person was hired and they worked on all the paperwork and benefits and so, but I think the profile of HR has risen, not just, um, you know, in reputation, but actually a seat at the table where you are the power structure or part of the power structure especially with this focus that has been long overdue on inclusivity. So what a great, great background. Thank you so much. It's nice to be able to have my own business where I can marry my different interests and appreciate the diversity and inclusion. That's awesome. Well, over this very storied career, it seems, I mean, being involved in technology is a huge plus. I know that in my world, when you were just marketing, it was one thing, and it was not at all related to technology. And now we see MarTech professionals everywhere. And if you don't have that tech ability or skill or, or, or even the interest to learn more, then you're probably going to you know, not be as relevant in today's marketplace. Let me ask you, of all these accomplishments and all this background and experience that you have in these very relevant areas, what might have been your proudest professional accomplishment? That's such a great question, Susan. I, two things come to mind. When I got my project management professional certification, I was the first one in the company to receive it, and it took quite a bit of work to get that certification. So I was mighty proud of myself at that moment. And as I begin to think about it in today's structure and what's happening with me, I'm proud to be in business for five years because I have tried the entrepreneurial game before, in fact, two other times and it didn't stick. So the fact that it's sticking now and I'm learning how to embrace, again, the diversity and try different products and things and who I work with and design it and be in the driver's seat for my career, I am super proud. The fact that I am a woman in business and a woman in business for five years. So as a woman in business who owns her own company um, only for two years now, 
That excites me. That gives me hope. And I'm super happy for you, proud of you, and inspired by you. Um, that's incredible. I, I hope to be able to say what you just said someday. Um, I'm sure you will. Uh, thank you. Thank you. You know, you're very well known across social. I'm so glad that we've um, uh, calendared and now are having this conversation. Let me ask you along the way, has someone mentored you? I have been very fortunate and what's coming up for me now in the business space is organizations like the Women Business Enterprise National Council. I'm a certified Women Business Enterprise and I have found that uh, embracing that organization and looking to them for support from an education standpoint with business acumen and from a partnership access standpoint with access to corporate sponsors, I have found that organization to be incredibly inspiring from a mentorship standpoint. In fact, a couple years ago where it was probably at the three year mark where I was like, this is just not sustainable and not going to work. And I found myself at the WeBank National Conference and I'll never forget the luncheon keynote speaker. It was right after Kate Spade had passed away. And oh, yeah. she, just came from the heart and was very vulnerable with her story and just told us not to give up. And I kept notes from that session just to remind me any time that I felt like giving up what was possible. And that whole uh, couple of days that I was at the training and seeing women who were making millions of dollars just in the driver's seat, charting their own direction, inspired me to stay the course in my business. So I would say right now where I'm sitting today, that organization has been very helpful to me. Wonderful. Well, you inspire me because I'll tell you that designation is very, very difficult to get. Um, I hope to some be able to someday be able to say that I have that designation. Uh, having been in business only two years thus far, I'm not able to say that. But um, it is it is tough, and I guess it's tough for a reason, and that makes it worth it. And something rare and precious and special is something you should be proud of. Um, so good for you, and I'm glad that even after the designation they continue to add value to your business self. So that's awesome. What a great shout out to them. Um, One of the things that I'd like to say, if I could just interject for a sure. moment, um, is go ahead and continue. When I first went for my certification, I wanted to give up because it just seemed yeah. like there was a lot of documentation being requested in it as a solopreneur at the time. Some of those documents were quite daunting for me. And I got the advice from someone to just keep going, just even though you're uncomfortable and feeling like you're not qualified and et cetera, et cetera, just, just keep going. So if I can give you or anybody listening advice is to do not get discouraged by the process itself and to push through to get to the certification. You can do that right now at the two year mark or even before then you can get certified. I did not realize that. So first of all, you read my mind because I was like, this is so cumbersome and not helpful. And oh my goodness, they must have a reason Then they make you go through this. And then I'm like, well, yeah, I guess it's to um, be a unique differentiator when you have that designation. So um, thank you for saying that. I'll try to keep pushing through. Um, it well, is powerful. 
uh, reach out to me if you need some continued pushing. But I would say that it prepares you for the mindset of being a CEO. And oftentimes, it, one of the lessons I learned um, from the conference was, and never forget, Dee Marshall was speaking and she talked about the book, The E-Myth, and talked about working on our business versus in our business. And that really opened my eye because coming from that technical background, I've been operating in a technician type of mindset yeah. versus the working on my business. And so those documents that you have to prepare allows you to elevate yourself in looking at financial numbers and, and just thinking more strategically as a CEO as opposed to the technician role. So it, it will make sense in the end, I promise you. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't need to be mired in the weeds. I need to be actually <laughs> conducting the orchestra. You're right. So work on the business as well as in for me at this stage. But yes, Thank you for that. That's amazing. Um, and I will pick your brain and call you and say, I need a little motivation. You need to kick sure. me in the bum. Yeah. Sure. So let me ask you this. Um, have you, you know, so I know that what you do is in many ways, we have the same desired outcome. We go about it differently, but the same desired outcome. Uh, can you give us maybe something that everyone can do regularly or on a daily basis to support women in business? Yeah, I think you have to be your biggest advocate. And that means that you have to bet on yourself. That means taking risks. So one of the things I do every day is I write a list of 10 things great that happened today. And I say that because of the media and what is happening and statistics to scare us into, oh my gosh, and being panicked about what's happening right now. So I remind myself that good things happen all the time. Let me take a look. Let me shine a light on myself and what's happening in my business, in my family that's to be celebrated. So celebrate every day. Fill yourself up with the good things that are happening so that you can continue to pour out. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. How do you... Um you know, some people, and, and, you know, maybe we shouldn't give any kind of attention to these people who say this, but some people say that that's self-promoting when you're your own best advocate. I, you, and Brene Brown say, own your story and be proud of the hard work that you do and share the value proposition that you bring to the table. How do you answer those people that say she's so self-promoting? I don't care. <laughs> I, you know what? Uh, because I have cared for so long and I realize caring about what other people believe causes me to play very small. Yes. I have clients and people that I come across when I speak at conferences that tell me about the barriers to entry with the LinkedIn platform because they're so worried about putting the wrong thing out. I have been coached and advised, maybe you want to change up the content that you're posting. And you know what? My platform is being in the driver's seat and I learn from making mistakes. So if I put something out there where I'm like, oh my gosh, that's not good. That's not good. I, I am empowered to fix it. So you best believe that you need to be your best advocate. If you're not willing to put your all on yourself, why should you expect other people to do that? So I am a firm believer in standing on the chair and tooting your own horn because you are worth it. I love it. Oh my God, I have chills. So this is great. 
Um, that is the perfect answer. That is the answer that every um, true passionate woman in business who, you know, if you don't believe in your own self, your solutions, your products, your services, how will anyone else, why would they pay you? You know, so I agree with you. I love that you had the courage to say that with, with, with grit and grace, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, let me ask you, I always ask about adversity that shaped who you are, or maybe a big challenge or setback that you might've gone through and how you overcame it. Yeah, I think um, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a very long time. So I played the passenger role. And what I mean by that is I was allowing others to dictate my career path. And I knew that I was unhappy, but I was unwilling to rock the boat. Um, I, I just allowed what was happening to me because of uh, good benefits, good pay, access, and things like that. But I, I, I truly was not fulfilled. I felt like I had a greater purpose. And so I got very frustrated and I wanted to quit my job, but I, I was hearing my mother in my head about I should be grateful about this job. And so I was able to get a sabbatical. So I took a three month glorious sabbatical from work, unpaid, and it led me to coaching. So during that time, I had a wonderful coach who held my hand throughout the process. And I felt like, you know what, I think I would be pretty good at this too. I want to try it. So I ended up signing up for the Coaches Training Institute and enrolling in that program. And I went back to work and I was doing the coaching on the side. But I was uh, wooed back to work by a trip to Napa, and it was fabulous, and I had a great time, but, you know, I, it, it came back to I was still unfulfilled. And yeah. then I had a medical leave, which caused me to be out longer than I anticipated being out. And so I came back from that and I still stayed in that environment because I just was raised to believe in stability or, and, and I'm putting that in quotes, stability. And, I, and so I stuck with it, but I just knew that I was not fulfilled and I had a greater purpose. And so for me, the game changer is this book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers, my very favorite book. And I use that as a resource to hold my hand through the process of walking away from corporate America without a solid plan in hand and just trusting and betting on Simone. And, you know, that was back in 2013 where I, I walked away and I'm not going to say it hasn't been scary, but I, I, you know, I coach myself as well and I bet on myself and it's working. That is so awesome. I just took the note down uh, of the name of that book. We'll include that as your book recommendation in the blog that I write about you after. So I, I understand that, you know, people seek stability and they, they also have a sense of loyalty to the company. But when you are finally bitten by that entrepreneurial bug and like I, like you, I was on a, actually on a medical leave of absence caring for my mother when I decided, you know what, I want to do my own thing. And this is what I was meant to do. I'm going to do it. Um, you think about the stability and the, the every two weeks you get a paycheck and the benefits and the loyalty and still the passion that collides with your skill set and you find your purpose is more powerful than any of those comfort zone uh you know, things like the two weeks and 
the, the benefits and so forth and so on. So I love that you had the courage to do it. Doesn't matter when you did it and look at you now. So good for you. So Thank I you. want to ask you, um, tell us something surprising about you, a surprising fact, maybe some of your, you know, circle doesn't know. Uh, I'm six feet tall and I, you wow. know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I dare wear heels. And so I remember <laughs> sitting down and then meeting people and getting up and they immediately say, Oh my God, I didn't know you were so tall. And so, uh, I think most people don't realize the height. A lot of my photos are just headshots, but yeah. I have been blessed with, uh, tall jeans. And so I am six feet tall without heels. Tall G E N E S and J E A N S. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So you definitely command the room. You know, you yes. have a presence. I love that. Well, on my show, I have started asking a wild card question. Okay. And if you're game, I would like to ask you a wild card question. Please bring it. Awesome. So today's question, and I pull from a box of questions that I have. Uh, what is a small change people could adopt that would make the world a better place? Well, in my work of inclusion, um, you know, I think walking the talk when it comes to inclusion is a great start. And what I mean by that is it's not the responsibility of organizations to change character and deep rooted beliefs that we all have we have to do the work so if each of us commit to being commit to the inclusion um commit to, to inclusion i get you like make yeah that yeah that's what you know i'm thinking about it make the commitment to be inclusive yes. and to do their part and, it, you know, it just reminds me, my colleague, uh, Julie Kratz, and I have a podcast called Inclusion School. And we believe that if we start to teach children at a very young age about inclusion, that it's going to have a ripple effect because not only are parents caregivers and educators shifting to meet the children where they are and help them to be more inclusive at that young age, but you're working on yourself at the same time. So I think if everybody realized and, and said to themselves, you know what, I'm not all inclusive, myself included, you know, and I need to shine a, a light on myself when I'm doing behaviors that are not inclusive. And we all do it, but that's not a permission slip to continue. Yeah, yeah. So I think just, you know, to get on my inclusion uh, soapbox, if you will, it's just there's an opportunity. And we see in the world today that, um, you know, even though we've made great strides, there's still opportunity for change. And, and it begins with everyone. That is beautiful. It begins with everyone. That's very true. And those are not just words. Think about that. Everyone, regardless of you know, background, age, race, religion, gender, orientation, any of that, everyone. Um, well, you're amazing. You're, you're very motivating. Um, I knew you were beautiful on the outside. Now I know you're beautiful on the inside. Um, oh, thank you. People want, yeah. You and Julie do such good work too. Um, I've interviewed her before too. Another inspiration in my life. So if people want to know more, Simone, how can they reach you? 
Yes, if people want to know more, they can go to the Simone Morris Enterprises.org website. If they want to have a call with me, they can go to careerbreakthroughcall.com. That's awesome. And what a great name, uh, Simone uh, Morris Enterprises.org. That's powerful. Uh, very nice meeting you. I'm glad you told me your surprising fact because I too only know you. <laughs> You're incredible. Well, keep up the good work, please. And um, don't be surprised if I don't pick your brain or set up a call. Okay. Awesome. So nice to meet you. Thank you for this platform and this wonderful opportunity to educate and inspire and empower your audience as well. Thank you so much. Well, we thank you for being here. Everybody have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.